Hi, and welcome to Two Blondes in a Brokerage. And today we're going to be um, talking with our director of our commercial brokerage, Eric Kimos. And we're talking about specifically how much money you need down on a commercial property and how it differs from residential. A lot. Tell me more about that. Uh, <laughs> commercial or, uh, residential, you can get in first time with what, 3% down? Yep. Uh, and then maybe some mortgage assistance? Yep. There is no mortgage assistance in commercial and lenders and the feds expect you to be sophisticated and savvy and there's no help. So the lenders are more comfortable if you've got more in the game. So you're typically talking 35%, give or take a little bit. So on a, on a, what's that? Is it depending on the type of property or is it just kind of like an industry standard? It's kind of an industry standard. Multifamily, you can get away with a little bit less. It used to be 20% down, but with the market today, it's you're probably still talking 25 to 30% down. For retail, industrial, office, uh, it's 35, 40% probably. Uh, land, you might be able to get a 50% loan. But there's no income to support it, so that's why. Okay, so if they're looking for income specifically, so let's say you're going to purchase a, an office building that has tenants in place, does that help at all with how much you have to bring down, or are they still yeah, looking the, for the 35? They're still looking for the 35% down. They want they want you to have skin in the game. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line, um, and they look really closely at, at what they call DSCR, which is debt, service coverage ratio, um, and your... So the income that you get from the property has to service the loan probably one and a quarter times, so 1.25% okay. or 125%, okay. um, maybe 130, um, but it's usually 125 to 130 for a DSCR. And is that typically the type of loans that they're using? There's not like conventional financing or government-backed financing? That's it. That's it. There is, on, on the multifamily side, yeah, there's Fannie and Freddie have have loan programs. Yeah, um, they take a long, long time to get done. Um, so a lot of people just get traditional bank financing. There's different kinds of bank financing. Um, if you go to your local bank, just like your house, you're going to sign on the bottom line, bottom line, and you are responsible, right? Yeah. Um, that's called a full recourse loan. Okay. So if, if, if something happens, the world changes and you default on your loan, they're coming after you and your house and your car and your dogs and everybody else. Um, the other side of that is what we call a non-recourse loan. And a non-recourse loan, um, typically you can get a little bit better rate uh, the loan is done with the intention to sell it on Wall Street. And so they put together a tranche of $500 billion uh, of loans and then sell it on Wall Street. So, uh, and, so like, But with a full recourse or with a non-recourse loan, you're only responsible if there's a, what we call the bad boy clauses. Okay. So that's if you committed fraud. If you lie, if you, I mean, those kinds of things, 
Yeah. If you were a bad boy. Yeah. <laughs> then they're coming yeah, after you with a with a just a non-recourse loan. If things go bad, you hand them the keys and walk away. That's yeah. it. So so is selling a loan on Wall Street, like what you're talking about, that is like such a foreign concept to me. Is it essentially like when you get a home loan and the lender sells your loan yeah. to a different yeah. lender, but they're selling it to like a group of huge investors on Wall yeah. Street? Yeah. I mean, wow. it's the same thing. It's, I mean, you, they sell residential loans on the, on the open market as well, a tranche. A and tranche. They, and they just slide in somebody to service. They don't have to service the loans. Interesting. Uh, the problem with not the problem but but the distinction with with a non-recourse loan we call the conduit loans because it's a conduit from the property into wall street right? sure. um, those investors are going to get their money no ifs ands or buts sure. and so if you do a loan at six percent and it's a 10-year deal so it's amortized over 25 or 30 years, yeah. but due in 10. Sure. If you want to pay that off before 10 years, you've still got to pay all of your interest. So the way we do that is, is something called defeasement, where we buy bonds that are going to generate enough income to pay to continue paying. So you could have a billion dollar prepayment penalty. Because you've got to buy so many bonds. Which is not common in residential at all. No. No. So this is more just one of the many ways we're so many. So <laughs> many ways it's very different. Yeah. What is your so like for first time investors in a commercial property, how do you see those people acquiring those properties? Is it typically like they sell a bunch of residential properties that they have and they want to get into commercial? It's people that have stayed for a long time. Who are those typical like a first time commercial investor? Boy, it's a full gamut. You know, sometimes it's it's people that have bought single family homes. Um, I talked to somebody a year ago, a year or two ago, who had forty single family homes, and they were so proud of that. And I was happy for them. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my god, how much work? Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare to me personally. Yeah. It, no, no thanks. So we talked to them, set them up with a residential broker. They sold all of those, and then they have a pocket full of cash, which we then help get into something a little bit. With, with single family homes, if you buy an investment single family home, what kind of cash flow? Uh, slim margins. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So in commercial, 10 years ago, I always thought, buy a commercial property, I can get you 10% of on your money, just like pocket. That's pretty good. People have been driving the prices for so long over this time yeah. that it's that we can't do a ten percent anymore. We can do a five to seven percent return, which is still better than bank, right? Yeah. Um, and then I like to teach people how to buy value add to so buy a seven percent return, but do some things to increase the income.